For want of the price of tea and a slice, the old man died. If it was $100,000 of tea and slice, welcome to Sink Floyd, the podcast where we watch every movie ever made to see if it syncs up with Pink Floyd's 1973 magnum opus, The Dark Side of the Moon. My name is Gareth Blackler, and standing at the top of these stairs in a towel, it's James Barron. (laughs) Hello, I'm the little man that lives in your chest, Gareth. (laughs) And tells you when things are going wrong. It's James Barron here. Ah, oh, that is you. <laughs> Often it's when my jokes are going wrong. <laughs> yeah. The little man quickly saves the audience. I deprive you of food. You're like, no, that joke wasn't good enough for you to eat today, Gareth. <laughs> that's the Oof. rules. That's podcast law. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Gosh, that's why... That's why Joe Rogan doesn't have any co-hosts. He had to eat them. <laughs> he ate them all. <laughs> yeah. He, he they invites, deprived him of food. He invites guests to the show and then asks them if it's okay if he eats them. And very few say yes. But Yeah. Yeah. So it goes for old Joe. Uh, he's, yeah. he's ravenous. <laughs> <laughs> ravenous Joe. Ravenous Joe. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, gosh. Are we, uh, are we flying off the... 15 mile an hour train already absolutely it's sink floyd all right it sure it's, is oh, um we so yes we watch movies we watch them on mute mm-hmm. but ticking along to the side of this is the music of a popular rock ensemble named pink floyd and we see where the music lines up with that yeah and it's what we do and it's episode 70 of what we do <laughs> and, which is wild yeah um Gosh. Oh. Number 7-0. I love that you're introducing it as if someone's like, I'm only going to listen to the 70th episode. <laughs> I do wonder that. I wonder if, because like iTunes default puts the number in front of the episode. I wonder if that's scaring off new friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe. They're like, oh, 60 episodes. I'll never catch up. Not realizing like, <laughs> we don't even remember what's happened in previous Absolutely episodes. Absolutely not. No, I'm not. And I'm not about to start remembering. <laughs> no, Gosh. <laughs> But yeah, oh. we've vague, um, we've obliquely referenced it. But what movie did we watch this this week? We watched 1944's yeah. Double Indemnity, du- which is oh, you suggested this. I did. Do you do you have a relationship with this film, James? I don't at all. I uh, wanted to uh, choose a film that I thought would be good, a movie I hadn't seen before at the time I suggested it, and I was Ooh. like. Yeah, I just was in the noir mood, you know. Mm. I wanted to to delve into some classic cinema and uh, Double Indemnity was one that had been recommended to me in the past and I was like, well, it's time to, to give it a watch. <laughs> and, it, and it did twice, once with the, the sounds of Pink Floyd playing over top as we do on the show. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts? Thoughts on Double Indemnity as a film outside of that sinking? I bloody loved it. This film is like, it's like being in a room of silk and Ooh. then touching some nice cold clear glass, but leaving no fingerprints. It's just, yeah, it's very good. It's like, it's very artificial. Like nobody talks the way they talk Oh yeah, in real life, but it's so beautiful and well done. And, it's b- amazing to see a noir that is just all the cliches of a noir, mm-hmm. like, but good. Because to be honest, I don't think I'd seen a proper noir and I've probably only seen like 
short form improv scenes where they have they have to do a film noir. Yeah, yeah. And like just see like, oh, that's kind of this might not be where it comes from, but this is the masters this is, of it at work. Yeah, this it's is beautiful. one of the like the prime examples of a film noir. Mm. Like it is, it's cited as one of the ones that set the rules for the genre, basically, or set the groundwork. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's 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 definitely it's got the cliches there, but it's because it's like hitting them for the first time, you know? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you love it. Love seeing a cliche invented. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was beautiful. And I will say, my other thing is, after watching last week's movie, <laughs> every movie is so good now. Yeah. Like, I saw, between this um, this episode and the last one recording, I saw Jungle Cruise. Oh, wow. And An American Pickle <laughs> and Ready or Not, which are all, like, prime examples of three-star films yeah. like in the popular consciousness. I loved all of them. Everything was just hitting me right. I was just so happy that films can be like films. It was, oh my goodness. I, yeah. The sun is brighter. I've been like. Food tastes better in your mouth. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Honestly, put yourself through a bad film and you won't regret it. It's very nice. It'll make the next five films better. Yeah. I should time these next films well then, like what I'm going to watch to f- truly appreciate them. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have to go back to watching Food Fight again to re- oh, reset. No. Never subject yourself back to it. I feel like it's a, a magic that only works once, you know? Yeah. We'll have to find it. Not, as no doubt will happen. We've still got uh, episodes left of this show. We'll find another bad film and then we'll, yeah. we'll feel much happier and sunnier about the next films that we watch. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. It's like I'm um, chasing the next high, but we're chasing the next low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. It's taking a bunch oh. of downers before I go to this party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I have no real relationship with Double Indemnity, except that I thought it was sick. I loved it. Um, mm. Yeah. This movie is a damn good watch. So seek it out. Watch it before listening to this podcast um, and then you'll be along for the ride with us. Um, If you you don't want to, that's fine, but I recommend it. (laughs) Yeah, that's also fine. Yeah, I'm not your dad. Uh, I'm not your podcast dad. Um, (laughs) No, this is also, I think, this might be one of the only movies I'd never heard of until it was suggested. Like, I think I hit you with a couple of those every so often. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But (laughs) you're... better at knowing like what the audience are going to click on <laughs> um so you often choose films i'd heard of i thought this was double jeopardy which is a tommy lee jones film i watched at like 3 p.m on a saturday Whoa. in high school so i was going in ready for like <laughs> i think there's an oil rig involved and tommy lee jones is on the oil rig trying to stop a criminal like an anti-hero and it was completely different right. um i was also told that orson wells was in this oh and when you're waiting the whole film to see orson <laughs> wells and you don't see orson <laughs> wells and you begin to doubt if you know what orson wells looks like oh, it's no. a very interesting experience yeah he's super not in it um there is yeah. <laughs> there is a orson wells type i would say in keys he's, he's sort of similar mm. um but I wouldn't say, yeah, like he could well have been played by Orson Welles, but isn't. Um, yeah. But yeah, like 
Uh, definitely a prominent actor in noir cinema, but yeah, not sir, not appearing in this film, you know. <laughs> um, but that's all good. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you re- enjoyed it regardless. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, well, I want to talk more about this keys fellow, so we better get into this movie because I also want to talk about a lot of other parts of it. Yeah. Um, Let- this may this might be a particularly you know if you don't like rivers and waterfalls then you're not going to enjoy all the gushing we've got on this episode oh yeah but, absolutely yeah. we are open faucets here for this film so <laughs> this might be a long one i don't know but uh yeah yeah i'm ready to talk about it regardless let's it might also just be a lot of that was good that was good the next scene <laughs> <laughs> that has happened before definitely i think uh yeah. spider-verse episode is mostly just me going like that was real cool like the whole time <laughs> yeah. and that was about it but you know <laughs> yeah <sighs> Anyway, look, podcasts are often like sitting next to two kids on the bus who are just coming back <laughs> from the cinema and we love them for it. Yeah, that's the service so, we provide. While you yeah. can't ride the bus with with kids that you've just seen a, a film with at this point in time, we're happy to provide that service. Just imagine, place <laughs> yourself in the picture at the back of the bus with two idiots yeah. either side of you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You've taken those kids to 1944's Double Indemnity. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're like, we can't wait to see how Raymond Chandler and Billy Widler teamed up to write such a thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Fred McMurray is playing against type. <laughs> these are some fucking great kids. I want to meet these kids. Yeah. <laughs> They're wonderful. Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, Let's yes. yes. Let's dive into to this this team up, as you say. It's really cool that it was like a, a team up there in the directing mm. as well. Like both prominent. Those directors. two hated each other, by the way. Did they? <laughs> yeah, they d- hated each other in the way that I find Pink Floyd. The members of Pink Floyd oh, yeah. seem to hate each other these days. Wow. Where they just like Raymond Chandler would write uh, letters to the studio complaining about Billy Wilder. <laughs> Like, having to share an office with him. Because Raymond Chandler looked down on Hollywood so much that he was like, yeah, I'll write this movie, but um, I only want, like, this much an hour, and I'll do it, I'll just churn it out on a weekend. So he, like, walked in on the Monday, handed them a script, which was just the original book, but he'd essentially changed everything from, like, said John to John, (laughs) dot, dot, to the line. And they were like, no, (laughs) you... You have to write this with a guy. There's more to this than you think. <laughs> what an and yeah, asshole. They, I know. They just thought they just thought about like blinds a lot. The blinds in their office all the time. Wow. There you go. Which, yeah. Now, blinds are a huge part of noir. Paid so, off. To say. Yeah. Yeah. Prominent feature. It was, yeah. all, it was all planning. It's all seeding there for the, for the yeah. genre to arise. Amazing. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's dive on in, shall we? About the, yes, about the film proper uh three two one sync um we've got the as you know opening titles speak to me mm. paramount logo um opening credits for this movie of course like in the 40s we get the credits now um mm. and we've got uh i'd like the style of these we've got a man on crutches um silhouetted walking uh towards the camera very slowly with dramatic music playing uh that of pink floyd in this instance um <laughs> and yeah like it's it's like a nice little visual symbol for the film that you don't really know mm. about until uh you get halfway through and you see everything unfolding like you you don't really understand what's going on here but i like it a lot yeah um oh yeah 
yeah, we get uh, into Breathe and we see a car driving erratically to uh, the offices of like a, a financial risk building. And we see our main character, Walter, um, going up with his classic uh, fedora hat and coat mm. on, like big overcoat covering him because it's pouring with rain, I think. Um, and yeah, uh, climbing on up into the into the building, uh, going up the elevator, like being very standoffish. And then, yeah, we see him sit down in his office and you see here that he's been shot in the shoulder. Uh, yes. And is, and is bleeding out and starts recording a message on like a little dictaphone kind of thing uh, to his boss keys. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very, the, the mood already established in these, in these mm. opening shots is just awesome. And yeah, uh, this whole movie is basically narrated by Walter uh, telling the story as a retrospective in like this confession tape to keys and yeah. it's just like a really slick fl- framing device and it's it's really fun to watch uh this slowly play out as he breaks everything down um it's sort of him like showing off to keys in a weird way because he knows that everything's yes. gonna fall apart but he's yeah he just wants to get it straight and show and prove himself like to keys this man that he respects that he loves keys. Yeah. Like it's not even uh, a theory. He outright says they outright like admit to loving each other. Yeah. But like it's such a cool read on this, like the second time with the Pink Floyd, to like kind of see, yeah, exactly. He's showing off to Keys. He's like, Keys, look at me, I outsmarted you. Here's all this stuff. Yeah. Even stuff like um later a car doesn't start until he tries to start it. And it's just like, Keys, did you see that? <laughs> that was pretty cool, eh? Pretty sweet, huh? yeah oh yeah it's it's really good the relationship that like builds with them like throughout the movie is just wonderful so mm. um we'll get yeah. we'll get there though um yeah so i also like- love that this is i also love that this is a film that's in like a second person uh mm. narr- narration like keys you would be interested to find this out like it makes me half want to do this podcast like directed towards a single person but yeah. I'm worried that might be that might put off everyone who's not named Josh. <laughs> Shout outs to you, Josh. Here's how we uh, did it, Josh. Here's how we watched the films, Josh. Yeah. All right. Listen up. You thought we were watching Josh. them with Pink Floyd, but little did you know we were watching them synced perfectly with Pink Floyd. All right. <laughs> did you ever think that, Josh? Josh. <laughs> uh, we love you, Josh. We're so impressed. <laughs> Oh, big, big ups to you, Josh. I hope you're still yeah, listening Josh. after we called you out so many times. Um, <laughs> Josh's ears are burning. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's like, yeah, proving basically that he could have gotten away with it. Uh, and mm. yeah, confessing to this murder. He's like, Keys, you knew you fig- had it all figured out, but you didn't figure it, figure it out fully. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what happened. And yeah, we go into... Um, on the run and we also get this recurring motif of uh uh walter lighting his own cigarette uh Mm. with this like flick move we establish it this early uh he lights like he strikes the match using his thumb on one hand which is a cool trick i don't know if i could actually do this um but then i haven't lit that many matches it's a very practiced (laughs) motion but i like that this is a recurring thing in the film yeah um 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's like laying it out. He says, um, that he killed this person, killed Diedrichson for, uh, for the money and for a woman and that he didn't get the money and then he didn't get the woman. Funny how that happens. It's like, it's like such slick, uh, classic Mm. noir dialogue. (laughs) There's a lot that I'm going to gush over here. So get, get ready. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's also cool because it's like. You, it set everything that happens. Like if you were again the kids on the bus, kind mm. of saying what go, what's going on. It's like you already know it didn't work. You've pretty much if you're yeah. paying enough attention, you notice he's been shot. Like it's all there, and now you just get to watch like everything unfold. I don't know if I've used this analogy on the podcast before, but it's <laughs> you know when you play Age of Mythology <laughs> and you use the the pc game yeah and you use the thing that lets you see the other side of the map and then your little map is one lit up bit and then your lit up bit where your town is yeah and then you slowly get to fill out what's in between as you send people over (laughs) it's that kind of narrative there's probably a proper word for that but this movie does it um my favorite author emily st john mandel does it so well where she'll light up little bits of your age of empire map mm-hmm. and then at the end it's pretty much just like and here's that last bit and oh you're like oh wow very it's, nice yeah i can only assume all these people play age of mythology it's kind of that's what inspired their films i'm trying to think of if there is a term it's like kind of in media res i suppose yeah. That like we except it's right at the end. It shows you the end and then shows you how you got there. Um, mm. I don't know. If there, there's definitely a word for it, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, because like, yep, that's me. I suppose you're wondering how I got here. Yeah, movie storytelling. It kind of that only sets one thing, and usually it's like right before the end. But to yeah, to say like here's what happened, but you we that we're that confident that you're going to stick around and find yeah. out like how that happened. Well, it just, you know, it lays the breadcrumbs, right? It's like Walter's Mm. been shot, which is something fairly dramatic. And like, you're wondering, he's like clearly being very standoffish and weird. And then when we see him first time, he's like completely different. Um, Yeah. So you're just wondering how he gets from point A to point B, you know? So, yeah. And we're about to find out. Um, We're going to, yeah, the crash sound as we cut to flashback, which is pretty good. Uh, the first yeah. start. Um, yeah, he goes up to this Diedrichson's house. Diedrichson? I'm trying. I'm trying to get that right. It's tough. Um, he's gonna. He's just got to renew some insurance. He's an insurance salesman uh, guy. Mm. So fast talking, smarmy kind of thing. Interesting that this noir story doesn't involve the police like at all. Um, yeah which is cool like it's it's all about insurance which doesn't sound very interesting on paper but it's it ends up being like fascinating um yeah uh insurance investigators are really interesting like there should be like a podcast about that or like i suppose they're not allowed to talk about a lot of it but they're often former police or former detectives who have like gone for this because it's a little quieter but like uh, people will still especially because now money so much money is on the line people will lose it to them and they're often like the toughest people like i've met one who had like someone take out their i hope i can tell this they took out their glass eye and threw it at him whoa yeah that's wild yeah i only heard this like this was maybe a fourth hand story to be honest i mean that is yeah well worth it and that like (laughs) that is a story worth telling holy moly 
Um, what a risky maneuver. Like, absolutely. Goodness what me. What if you break your eye or you <laughs> lose, the person catches it? You're sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they catch it just in their pocket. <laughs> the classic, yeah. like, like in a hibachi grill. <laughs> Amazing. Everyone claps. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'm like fully off track of where I was now, no, but it's okay. Sorry, I just hope that after this movie came out, a lot more people got jobs and insurance wanting to be as cool as our boy Keys. Yeah, I hope and so. And to a lesser extent, our boy Walter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I hope so too. Uh, but yeah, he's here to renew um, some insurance on uh, Mr. Mm. Dedrickson's car, but he isn't home and uh, goes to like the maid answers the door and he just like bolches past her, like pushes yeah. straight past her, and is like, "Ah, oh, I've got, I've got to go in and see. Well, is there anyone else here?" And she's like, "Well, Mrs. Dietrichson's home." And he's like, "Ah, oh, let me go and talk to her," and just like lets himself in. And she appears at the top of the stairs, uh, wearing a towel wrapped around herself, like me in the intro. And um, <laughs> yeah, she, it, it, Walter is immediately enamored with her, yeah. and she, yeah, she goes and um basically <laughs> yeah he explains what he's here to do like with the insurance and stuff i'm getting flustered thinking about it um it's like there is steam in the scene oh, it is yeah. like oh my goodness i'm surprised like this is pre the modern censorship code and stuff <laughs> this, i'm surprised this made it yeah this is like this is more sexual than any porno whoa i said that like i'd never said it before like i was a mum in the 70s it's i caught him watching said the porn word porno <laughs> incredible uh yeah it's oh my goodness i was fanning myself i could only yeah. think about the maid still in the room listening <laughs> right? to these two just third wheel in it over in the side like really yeah. angry i like that she gets visu- like visibly angry <laughs> about this interaction yeah. <laughs> Uh, she also never shows back up, but that's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, presumed dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So th- Walter delivers pro- one of my favorite lines in the movie here. Like the, one of the most quotable where, um, he says, I, I worry about you having a smashed fender or something while you're not dot, dot, dot fully covered. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Iconic. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so many, like, great lines and clever dialogue. It's just nice watching a film with good dialogue for uh, bloody once. Yeah. <laughs> made me made me very happy. Uh, but, yeah, uh, this happens over the, all the clocks going off as well. Um, mm. And, yeah, uh, he goes off to um, wait for her to come down. And he's like, he's like, where's the uh, liquor cabinet to the maid? And the maid says, it's in there, but they keep the lock, the liquor locked up, like really angry. And then he's like, yeah. that's all right. I always carry my own keys, which is just another sweet line. <laughs> oh, it's just wonderful. Yeah. He then feeds her fish, which is a weird move. Yeah. It's very weird. They're just sitting mm. here. Uh, we get the establishment of um, uh, Mr. Dietrichson and Lola here as well on mm. like, and pictures, enormous pictures on the, on the piano. Um, yeah. Uh, just to establish them as characters very early, which I like. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Mrs. Dietrichson comes down. 
and uh, he's he's like fallen for her already. It's very steamy. This oh, yeah. the scene. She he comments on her having an anklet, uh, <laughs> which is oh the height of sexiness. <laughs> oh yes. Oh. Uh, and yeah, they like chat for a bit, and um, then she brings up uh, accident insurance, which is supposed to be our first supposed sign of bad news. Um, of of. Uh, trouble on the horizon basically mm. uh, and then yeah he's just he's completely ignoring it and just still flirting with her and and they make an arrangement to um that he'll come back to the house the following day to see mr dietrichson and uh she she has another great line here they just the interplay between them when um he's hitting on her and she says there's a speed limit in this state mr neff uh, and it's 45 miles an hour and I'd say you're going about 90. <laughs> yeah. Which is, oh, it's just so good. Uh, dynamite. The, the, mm. the, you really buy the like chemistry between these two as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's like awesome. again, they're not speaking like how people speak. But no. These like sexy robots. You're like, yep. Yep. Tell me how they betray each other. Show me more sexy robots. Why are we not getting mm. the sexy robots show? I need that in my life. <laughs> All right. Netflix, you listening? Yeah. Taps microphone. Sexy robots. Yeah. Bring them up. Bring on the fast talking sexy robot show and I'll tune in every day of the week. All right. Um, I just had a terrible feeling that we've <laughs> tried to pitch a sexy robot show to Netflix on this podcast before. <laughs> I mean, I stand by it. Oh, Still yeah. hasn't happened, Netflix. Come on. Yeah. Oh, hurry it up. Step it up. I'm just using this as my as my soapbox <laughs> to yell yeah, at Netflix. Is- uh, the podcast means nothing to you until you get your sexy robot show. <laughs> absolutely. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he goes and says goodbye and thinks about her all the way home. Uh, with the date to meet her the following day. And then um, we get Key's inter- introduction uh, here oh, yeah. as we go. At, uh, get, we jump out of time solo and we we meet Mr. Keys. He's interviewing, well, he's looking over a claim from a, a Mr. Garlopus here um, who is like suspected of basically making a fraudulent claim on his truck and that like he mm. blew up his own truck to claim the insurance money or crashed it or something. And yeah, Keys doesn't buy it for a second and is just like being very harsh to this Mr. Gullopers guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's really nasty in that um, he treats him like an absolute idiot and tells him how to open the door to let himself out. <laughs> like, there's the door handle. Just give it a turn and the door will open. <laughs> it's so mean. <laughs> oh. But yeah, and this is, uh, we also get... His introduction of his little man that we referenced yes. earlier. There's a little man that lives inside Key's chest and always tells him when something's up, when someone's lying or something's not right. And it doesn't let him eat, doesn't let him sleep until he gets it solved. And that's why he's such a good uh, claims manager guy here mm. at, the, at the insurance agency. Um yeah, I, I really bloody love Keys. Oh, he's Is that what you were about to say? Absolutely. We were about to <laughs> yeah. we were about to sing together there. Um We were singing in the same key just then. Absolutely, yeah. Um yeah, love Keys. Love his energy. He's this little fi- like firecracker guy 
and yeah. he's just so wonderful um, in every scene that he is. He steals the show, I think. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, and yeah, we to get- the point where the poster is like um, Walter and Phyllis in a like sexy embrace, yeah, <laughs> and then they've just pretty much just stuck um, Key's head to the side, <laughs> like looking at them, like whoa. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't figure this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. We need more like of him just on posters reacting to it. Like, whoa, <laughs> these guys are blue. We need to sh- like Photoshop his little head into all the Marvel posters that have all the all the <laughs> yeah. like arrangements of heads and stuff. Oh my god, that'd be the just best. Keys. Just keys. Man, this purple keys guy means trouble. Yeah. Yeah. He starts his own little YouTube show where he's, he's talking about what his little man says. Oh, oh that's good. Yeah. Real into yeah. it. Uh, Netflix, get on it. Get on it. Give me the keys. <laughs> Give me the keys show. Um, Give me your keys. You're drunk, Netflix. <laughs> Go home. Um, yeah. So uh, we get uh, just the boys interacting now. Um, Key's uh, having a chat with his boss and you see that they're really good friends uh, mm. that like have a go at one, one another. But um, Walter is, yeah, they're like very chummy with each other. Um, and then, yeah, Walter does this thing. Uh, Keys can never like figure out where his lighter is or whatever. Mm. <laughs> and so uh, Walter always lights a match using his trick and lights uh, Key's cigar for him as a as a recurring thing here using his yeah. his magical trick that i kind of want to learn <laughs> <laughs> i think they don't make matches like that anymore no. like they're safer now the yeah safety matches there's like they're yeah. like the self-striking ones i guess the phosphorus mm. on the end but now they've got the little strike strip or whatever so oh well yeah. uh you could find it you could hide um the actual strip from a matchbox on your fingers and then yeah believe you yeah or i just buy hello i'd like to buy unsafe matches please <laughs> yeah no reason <laughs> just want to like them be for cool. fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure that'll go well yeah yeah um yeah so yeah they're just hanging out and then um uh, walter goes back to his office and phyllis Sorry, I, mean, I should have mentioned Mrs. Dietrichson's uh, first name is Phyllis. And I'm going to refer to her ah, yes. as Phyllis for the rest of these notes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she's changed the time of the meeting, which is suspicious uh, because mm. basically she's trying to change it to a time where they can be alone. It's pretty obvious yeah. that she doesn't want the husband to the, be there on the next meeting because she still has stuff that she wants to talk about uh, to Walter um and walter's like yeah i'm fine with that i've got stuff on but i'm gonna put it aside so i can go see this beautiful woman (laughs) that i've fallen in love with um that sums up his kind of character arc so perfectly (laughs) like suddenly he don't care yeah absolutely he's like proper in love at this at this stage i feel like that changes as the movie goes on and i'm gonna comment on that when it when it does um but anyway oh good uh yeah, so he goes around there and has an iced tea, which would be better with a bit of rum in it, is something that he says. Mm. He also says uh, when he shows up, she was like, I hope you weren't busy. And he says, I was just working on my stamp collection, <laughs> which is another just banger of a line. Um, and then, yeah, he uh, 
she brings up again this ex- this idea of accident insurance for her husband who again he, he works in the oil industry uh, it's like a da- like down in mines or something and yeah it's very dangerous and so so she's like oh i need to get him accident insurance but of course he'd never agree to it he'd never sign on to it uh because oh, he's a curmudgeon. He'd never want to do it. So is there a way that he, we could get the insurance uh, without him knowing about it? <laughs> uh, so pretty obvious what's oh, yeah. happening here. And Walter clicks to it like immediately. He doesn't take the bait at all, which is really interesting. Um, yeah, he's like, it's pretty clear that she wants to put a claim on her husband and then kill him somehow. <laughs> And so mm-hmm. he's he's saying that as much to her face, and she's like, "No, no, no, that's that's not at all what I'm implying at all. Uh, you've got me all wrong." And then he like storms out of there. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's really it's good. It's like a refusal of the call kind of thing mm. for the for the character. Um, and yeah, he goes, he r- r- runs out of there like very upset, uh, very angry. It goes to try and like distract himself. Uh, by like he goes to like a diner and goes bowling and stuff we just see him goes, do this yeah he goes to what seems to be a drive-in bar which yeah. is chaotic and it's like irresponsibility it's amazing it's a mm. very 1940s idea yeah uh but yeah it's 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 awesome um yeah uh but yeah he spots it a mile away and is just like torn up about it um, mm. there's a few notes also that I, I want to go over about this policy that get established here because this, a- spoilers, this accident policy does end up happening. Um, yeah, it's a $50,000, uh, capital sum if the, uh, if the person that is insured would die, uh, as part of a, an accidental death. So it's like a special thing in there. And the name double indemnity is uh, a clause in the <laughs> in the insurance policy that means it pays double in a certain accident, like a, a freak accident, basically. Um, yeah. Which is a real thing. And that's where the, the movie gets its name. Um, but yeah. Uh, and yeah. So he's, yeah, he's trying to get this, this whole thing out of his head. And it's described by Walter and by future Walter over the um, narration that he's got his hand hold, held onto a red hot poker and he knows that he should let it go, but he can't, um, mm. which is just, it's a really good image. <laughs> it's like yeah. the perfect way to describe this. Um, yeah. And he says like, I haven't, I hadn't let go of the poker at all. This was just the beginning. Phyllis shows up at his sad little imp- apartment up here uh, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, how did you find me? And she's like, phone book. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she, and, she all- and I love that she's like, you forgot your hat and yeah. she's not carrying his hat and we saw no. him leave with his hat. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no it's, effort to that lie. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's so perfect. Cause like mm. you, the last thing you see, you saw like just earlier him pick up his hat and leave. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, hat count is the hat fully oh, yeah. accounted for, but he still lets her in because yeah, you mm. know, um, and yeah, uh, He's like, they have uh, a bit of a tryst. He's like, you couldn't leave it like that. Uh, 
and she says, she says something really interesting. She says, I want you to be nice to me. Like, like when we first met on that first day, I don't want you to be mean mm. to me. And her whole thing is that her husband is, is mean to her and doesn't treat her right. And yeah, it's, it's very like half baked. All of her excuses that uh, she goes into here about her husband and how, um, how he treats her. Uh, like it's all very eerie fairy. She, at, at one point she does say that um, he gets drunk and, and slaps her face. But like earlier she was saying that, oh, he's just mean to her. It doesn't add mm. up as like a, it sounds fake, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it genuinely, I think it's something that she's just like trying to goad Walter with. I don't actually buy that as true. <laughs> yeah. Like he's definitely a, a jerk. Oh, yeah. For some reason, thinks she's going to buy too many hats when we meet yeah. her. But, like... It's just... Yeah, I, now that we kind of... She's very, like... I think she's quite an agent of chaos, really. Yeah. I think she's just seeing what will happen, and she's just kind of making stuff up to see what's going to... Yeah. What's going to land. He, yeah. He's like and a... And she's got this guy hooked already. Absolutely, though. yeah. She loves messing with people in a, in a sort of psychological way. And yeah, and yeah pl- moving people around as if they were chess pieces, I think, is her whole deal. Um, oh, yeah. And um, yeah, her husband is just like a angry oil baron <laughs> who, <laughs> who just has a lot of money and doesn't want to part with it. <laughs> mm. um, and yeah, like that's just his character. So, you know, <laughs> but I don't know. It's I don't I personally don't buy it that it's like a domestic abuse thing. But anyway, um uh yeah so yeah he's saying like they have a talk about it and walter is like pretty clear about there's no way to do it there's no way that this goes the way that you think it's going to go you're always going to go to jail he he tells her um various stories about like phony claims made where the wife has killed the husband and every time the story ends with uh the lady going to jail and getting the electric chair and it's pretty bleak um Mm. uh and this we're in money for this and the when he's telling these stories is when we get the line um the right at the end of money where they're just like refraining um giving none away which is pretty nice (laughs) yeah works for insurance uh, in my opinion um Mm. yeah uh they have a bit more of a chat walter like talks about his home life where he basically doesn't have any friends or he just Mm. lives in this apartment by himself goes to like the drugstore for food and yeah like just yeah lives alone goes to work that's sort of it um so he's and she is like envious of this life because she has people in her life who she's supposedly cares about but they don't treat her the way that she wants um and so she's jealous of him like only knowing strangers because they don't treat her him badly which is pretty dark but um yeah there's both like they've both got such deep kind of implied weird lives yeah this well actually kind of the opposite of walter like and his whole house is empty he's got three framed photos of like men throwing fisticuffs yeah. above his bed. I mean, above his couch. Like, I think there's a great scene in um the show Barry where 
the eponymous Barry just goes to a store and buys what's on the mannequin because mm. he's trying to like fit in. It's very much the vibe I get from Walter. I think she struck gold finding this like weird, yeah. lonely man who's just like, if you go, oh, baby, if you're looking at me, I'll kill a man for you. Exactly. Like he's yeah. like, she picks him as like the classic rube. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a, that's a great read. Honestly, I, I really like that. Um, but yeah. Uh, and he's, he says, um, once she goes into the stuff about uh, her husband being uh, mean to her and slapping uh, her face, etc. Uh, yeah, they they come together and um, he gives her a big old kiss. It kind of it fades back to the dictaphone. Yes. And kind of confesses to uh, Keys that he gone do it. Yeah, exactly. He says, I thought about it long and hard in this moment. And then, yeah, he decided that he'll uh, go and, and kill the guy. To, for this woman but also the way he describes it is is quite interesting and in that he talks about mm. he looks at these claims every day all the all the different ways uh that people try and um trick uh the insurance agency and um he's saying oh i, I see it so often that like I, I couldn't help but think about the way the right way to do it the way to do it and get away with it you know yeah all the tricks that you'd have to do in order to in order to not get caught yourself. And then he just waited for the opportunity to arrive on his doorstep. And then here it was like, this is super important for me, I think. And that like, uh, Walter is just as culpable in this whole thing because oh yeah, he was, he was kind of waiting for this kind of thing to happen and that he has the perfect way to, uh, he's the type of personality that would, uh isn't satisfied with where, what he's doing and where he is and so he wants to um get one over on the system and mm. and yeah it's 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 really interesting that like he lays that out here as a, like an extra thing because i feel like as the movie progresses it shifts from his motivations being like i love phyllis and i'll do anything to be with her to the scheme being what yeah, he's really in sure. love with like yeah yeah it's really interesting um and yeah. i like that a lot that's a really good read i it's very much he's he's like someone who'd walk out of a crime film and be like nah they didn't do it right here's what i would have done exactly yeah. or like he'd be he'd be really quick at putting out a plot hole in a film and then it's kind of later when keys points out the plot holes in his scheme he has mm-hmm. he did not see them coming at all he was just so enamored exactly. with his, like this is this is how it would be done this is what would work he's too close to yeah. it and that he can't see it like that's a recurring yeah, sure. a recurring theme right and that like keys is so close to the case that he couldn't see walter as the culprit and mm. also like yeah walter is so close to his plan for how this is all going to go that he couldn't see the hole like yeah it's 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 yeah. very clever um anyway yes so he agrees uh to to kill mr dietrichson uh and and claim the insurance money uh he says the stakes are fifty thousand dollars and also the life of a man which is a good line um Mm. and yeah uh and yeah he says oh we've got to do it but if we we, we, i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna help you do it but if we do it it has to be perfect everything has to be right and he says straight down the line which is a another recurring line through the movie where it's it, it means like having everything go right and everything be perfect and riding the train right to the end and getting away with it, you know? Uh, mm. 
And yeah, it's a, it's a very, I feel like it should have been the tagline for the movie. Just yeah. like straight down the line. It's just like a really good, really good line. Um, Even yeah. the title. Oh, yeah. That would work as well. Yeah. Hmm. I like it. Um, but yeah, so he watches her go and then, uh, uh, yeah, he the plan is to get Dietrichson to sign onto the insurance application without knowing um, that he's signing this uh, accident insurance policy. So... Uh, basically the plan is get him to sign uh, the policy on his cars and then get him to and trick him into signing uh, the other policy underneath as if it were a duplicate of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, which is like it, the plan could all fall apart if he notices this or reads a piece of paper. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's really bad, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, and in order to get this right, there also needs to be a witness of the, of somebody uh, impartial um, to the crime who can vouch for them like they're nothing untoward happening. And so mm. uh, Phyllis picks Lola, the daughter um, from Mr. Dietrichson's first marriage. Um, and we find out a bit later that um, I think, oh, we may have found out already that um, Phyllis was uh, the nurse of Mr. Dietrichson's yeah. wife. Um, and when she died, uh, they got married, um, uh, like shortly after, I think. <laughs> yeah. Six months later or something. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, Lola really resents Phyllis, uh, in that regard. And Phyllis knows that. Um, so yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So, uh, they go around to the house and, uh, do this plan. And then Lola leaves in a huff to go and see her friends uh, quote unquote, but actually she's going to visit her secret boyfriend, um, yes. who we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, Mr. Dietrichson is very upset by the whole situation, but eventually does sign, um, and, uh, goes off to bed. And then as, um, as they go to leave, as Walter goes to leave, he says that, Mr. Dietrichson has to take the train to his high school reunion. Apparently there's a high school reunion that Mr. Dietrichson goes to every year. Yeah. It's his only treat. Yeah. And he bloody loves it. Just seeing all all his old schoolmates again. Oh, Oh, what a guy. Uh, But anyway, he has to take the train to go to this um, because it's it's all part of the plan. And so uh, Phyllis agrees. And then as Walter goes to leave, uh, Lola is hiding out in his car and wants to get a ride into town. Um, and so he obliges that. And she talks about um, uh, her boyfriend, uh, Nino Zucchetti, which is a, another wonderful name. Uh, oh, yeah. Who's this like, it, it's sort of, a, you get everything you need to know about Nino Sacchetti in this one direction, basically. And that he was a mm. pre-med student who uh, got kicked out for being too hot-headed, basically, and it all blowing up <laughs> in his face. Um, so, sort of like a screw-up, angry kid. Uh, yeah. And then when you see him, he, like, is perfectly fits that mold. He just starts yelling at Walter for no reason and then walks off and, and Lola has mm. to chase after him. So, yeah, Lola, uh, he's a bit upset about 
having to interact with Lola because he'd rather keep himself as far removed from the case as possible, right? From all yeah. these uh, supposedly impartial people. But now he's like got this relationship with Lola and that they've had a conversation when he's going to kill her dad next week. Yeah. Like it's pretty messed up. And so he's having a bit of a moral quandary about that as he's <laughs> driving home. Uh, yeah. As we're into like brain damage over this. Hmm. Uh, and then we go to a supermarket where, um, the two can interact where Phyllis and Walter can interact with each other and not get like spotted. They could accidentally run into each other here at the supermarket if they arranged to yeah. meet, you know, um, and this is a scene that gets mirrored later and I'll talk about it then, which I really like, but, um, they keep very, uh, separate from each other and have a conversation and whenever anyone comes to take anything off a shelf, they, they pause conversation and as so that they don't get found out what they're talking about. Basically, it's all very stealthy. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, like, I mean, I've got no better scheme, but I feel like there must've been a better place to meet. It's not a good one. Absolutely. But nah. yeah, they, they basically chose a, a place where it could be conceived that they just ran to each other there if they ever got found yeah. out. And then presumably they would change meeting place if that happened, you know, like mm. that makes sense to me. As a schema. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Schemas recognize schemas then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. Um, this was shot. So this movie was shot during World War II. Mm. Um, and there was a food shortage, obviously. And so this supermarket full of like fake food and some real food was like heavily guarded by police wow. to make sure no one broke in to try to get the food. That's fascinating. Oh my yeah. God. So in any, um, just out of shot all the time are like security and police being like, yeah, you can harm our stars, but don't you dare touch these jars of avocado. <laughs> jars of avocados. Oh no, people are realizing I'm a sexy robot. Oh no. Um, these jars of pickles. The classic jar of avocados that we millennials yeah. enjoy when we're not having promiscuous sex. Uh, uh, yeah, so... Basically, the information that's uh, gathered here um, is that uh, the policy has gone ahead. They've got the first check for the the um, accident, po not the accident policy, the other one, the car repayment. Yeah. So everything's all good to go. And the other one has also gone through. And so hands those over to Phyllis to put in a safety deposit box for later. Um, but unfortunately... There's a complication in the plan that will be the undoing here. Uh, mm. uh, Mr. Dietrichson has broken his leg um, and is now no longer going to his reunion. And they're like, fuck, okay, uh, what are we going to do? Uh, and he's like, well, we've got to call it off. And she's like, no, we can't call it off now. There's, there's other ways of doing this. And, and he's like, no, it has to be this exact way. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Yeah. And yeah, they're like at each other's throats. Um, yeah, losing their nerve is how it's described here. Mm. Um, and yeah, and she's really missing, uh, seeing Walter cause they can't like interact in a loving way at all. They have to be very standoffish with each other until this is all over. Um, yeah. and she's not liking that. Um, so we go into, uh, Eclipse and, uh, Keys goes into uh, Walter's office and offers him a job, which is really interesting because it's like 
he's offering Walter like a way out. Presumably at this point, the plan is all fucked, right? Everything is yeah. screwed up. The It's not going to go ahead. The guy's broken his legs, so he's not going to go. And so even now, when Keyes comes in and offers uh, Walter a job with a pay cut, <laughs> no doubt, $50 <laughs> is a lot of money in, in 1940s time. But um, yeah, still, uh, it's like he'd be working closer with Keyes and be his like right hand man, basically. Um, Walter refuses the job even before like what's what's about to happen happens, which is really fascinating. He's still like thinking about this plan to me. Like, yeah, he's not at all like he considers it, but it's like he doesn't value that as much as this plan, I think, in this moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Keith describes this job as the coolest thing in the world. Oh, like, my God. What, part superhero, part bloodhound, part, like, surgeon. Yeah. Just being a claims investigator. His metaphor, he, like, makes... <laughs> he makes insurance so romantic sounding. Yeah. It's it's awesome. Uh, you Yeah. <laughs> It's it's fascinating, even though he's like, this job isn't pushing pencils. It's like, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's it's the most satisfying thing you'll ever do. Yeah. It's it's really good. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's such a nice way to, yeah, exactly like you said, show that he's that deep in his plan. Yeah. He's just like, offer, offer him the greatest thing in the world, being a pencil pusher for keys. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, yeah. so yeah, he's he refuses already. And then um, while they're still like keys is arguing and saying like, ah, oh, you should do it. You know, it'll be great. Um, he gets a call on the phone from Phyllis in his office. So he has to pretend like nothing is amiss. Yeah. while talking to her he's won't leave yeah he's just hanging out here because he's still pushing his agenda of like be my assistant yeah. um and uh so he has to pretend it's this uh girl that he's seeing margie this made-up person um mm. but anyway uh phyllis is letting um him know that the plan is going ahead um the doctor has said that it's all right for uh Mr. Dedrickson to take the train and go to his high school reunion as like a special treat. <laughs> um, <laughs> even though he's broken his he leg. He didn't take a lollipop. He just got like this letter. Instead. Yeah. Uh, so he's allowed to go and, and now is going to take the train tonight. So the plan is back on. Um, <coughs> and yeah, so it's, it's just important timing wise that this comes after that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to make that clear. Um, and yeah, so they're going to go over, they go over some uh, minor details as we go into the second play of the album, uh, Speak to Me. And uh, it's very dramatic <laughs> as it's <laughs> ramping up and Keys is saying, um, I really, yeah, he's like really disappointed in Walter for not seeing this as the opportunity that it is. Like he, mm. he like is really put out because he thought they were like closer friends, I think. And then, um, yeah. He's like, you're not, you're not as, uh, I thought you were <laughs> smarter than the rest, but you're just taller, <laughs> which is very good. Oh, Keys. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also, Keys also tells a little story about how his little man, um, got him out of marrying his last wife or his like his, yeah. his potential bride. Like he was like ready to go to the ceremony and then his little man intervened and was like, don't do it and then it turned out she was like a tramp who was trying to take his money or whatever yeah his words yeah 
Oh, ridiculous. Some of the stuff, though, like, I think it would have been fine if he just talked to her about it because this little yeah. man intervened instead. He was like, no, nah, it must be bad. No, he's too caught up in his, his gut instinct. It's it's really yeah. funny. Um, but yeah, it works out for him, so whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. His little man was just jealous of the little man on the wedding cake. Yeah. Like, kind of keys having two little men in his life. There can only be one. Yeah. <laughs> the Highlander rules of little men. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what the movie Little Men is about, as opposed to Little Women. <laughs> yeah, there is a Little Men. Is there? Yeah, I can't remember the details. I can't remember if um it's the same author or not. Oh wow! Of course, you've got to have the all male reboot. Oh, of course, wonderful. <laughs> uh, and isn't there also Little Man, where one of the Wayans plays a baby with a CGI man's face? Whoa! No, I don't want that to be true. Oh, I wanted that to be the animation for the little man. It's just the little keys, baby. Oh, God. So, like, don't trust him. Like, coming out of his chest, like, that one character in Fifth Element. Not not Fifth Element. And, um, fucking, uh, uh, what's the Arnie movie? Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. No, don't you mean, um, Men in Black 2? I don't, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The, the comments will get at me. Never mind. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna continue on. Uh, Walter puts his plan into action, and, and he like narrates the entire thing step by step about how everything mm. plays out. It's like clockwork. Him moving around and making sure people see him at certain times, and other times no one sees him. And yeah, it's like he's just moving the pieces around like a game board, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. All establishing like plausible alibis. Uh, for his location at the time of the murder and things like that. It's really interesting. Um, and Pink Floyd sing Race Towards an Early Grave uh, at the end of Breathe. And we go into On the Run as he walks uh, into the de- walks up to the Dietrichson house and hides in the back of the car that's going to take them to uh, the train station. Uh uh, Mrs. Dietrichson, uh, Phyllis like looks, throws a coat over him into the, over the back seat. Like they exchange a look as they're ready to go. And yeah. then, um, yeah, so he's hiding in the back of the car. They are driving to the train station and she pulls off into a alleyway at the right time and gives the sing- signal by honking her horn, drawing attention <laughs> to the car, but whatever, um, that it's time to go. And, uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Dietrichson is strangled by strangled to death by Walter. And Mm. we don't see this happen. We just see Phyllis's face staring forward, smiling. And it's, it's very upsetting and very well acted. It's, it's, it's a great choice um, Mm. for this. Yeah. And it plays out just before the crash sounded on the run, which I was, I was so upset that it wasn't a sync because Mm, oh, it would absolutely. be glorious yeah um but anyway uh so they pull into the train station and now walter has taken the place of mr dietrichson he's like wrapped a bandage around his foot it's not very convincing but whatever no. um to make it look like he's got the broken leg and has taken mr dietrichson's uh crutches and they have a wee chat and then like going over the last steps of the plan one more time 
Walter's like desperately trying to go incognito. His hat is down. He's got a coat on his shoulders, desperately trying to like not look conspicuous. And yeah. he gets on the train, um, goes uh, to the back of the train, like doesn't want his bags helped onto the train and all this stuff. Like he's very, very particular kind of guy. Doesn't want anyone to like get a lasting memory of what he looks like yeah. or who he is. Um, and yeah, uh, this is all that this is easily the most dangerous part of this plan. Um, like oh, there sure. are so many witnesses on this train and uh, I guess it's the, he's uh, hoping that like no one pays attention to him. Um, but anyway, he goes to the back of the train and there's a guy out here, Mr. Jackson, who's just a, a happy little man who's having a smoke <laughs> yeah. out here and he's like, well, howdy, uh, good to see you out here, sir. How'd you break your leg and all this stuff? And they have like a conversation yeah. and where Walter's desperately trying to not leave a lasting impression. And um, Walter's like, uh, could you go back to my cabin? I left my smokes there or my cigars, sorry, my cigar case. Mm. And so Mr. Jackson's like, oh yeah, I can do that for you. I wouldn't make you go all the way back there on your broken leg. I'm a nice guy. See you later. And then goes off to do that. And uh, yeah, uh, Walter jumps off the back of the train. Uh, the train's not going very fast. It's going about 15 no. miles an hour because it's just pulling away from the station effectively. It's not been going for very long. Um, so it's still going quite slow. But it's like far enough away that there's no, no one around to see this. Uh, mm. then Phyllis is off to the side, uh, in the car and they throw Mr. Dedrickson's bodies on body on the track and his crutches. And yeah, they, it's all wrapped up. That's the last of it. And they move to drive away, but the car won't start. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of drama oh. here. Very high tension because it's like something that they didn't plan for going wrong, you know? Mm. And then, yeah, uh, we get, um, we get, uh, Walter starting the car, like leans over and starts the car himself. Mm. It's her car, dude. (laughs) But anyway, they get away. It's, uh, yeah. Very dramatic. It's every straight man's dream. Yeah. Start the car that won't start without (laughs) doing anything different. If only he started it by like hitting the dashboard with his fist or something and it started, you know? Like, like the talking to it about sport. Yeah, right. That's exactly what what he wished. I bet that was pitched mm. in the first draft. Yeah. Um, and they were like, "No, we can't. It's not in the book. It's not <laughs> not close enough." Um, but yeah. Uh, so this happen- This like sequence is right at the halfway point of the film, which I'm mm. very happy with. The, like the whole that you see the crime as like the middle point. And then we see it unravel for the rest. So, oh yeah, yeah, it's just good structure. It's a lot like stuff. their plan is one white light heading towards the triangle, and then mm. it unraveling is a bunch of other light coming out of the other side of the triangle. I like it. I like that theory. Yeah. We're in the rainbow zone now. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're on the rainbow road. Rainbow road. Don't fall off. Lakitu ah. will have to lift you back onto the track. <laughs> Uh, anyway um so yeah he's always lifting us back onto this podcast track yeah i need to be lifted back on um so yeah 
Walter goes home and this is exactly where we get home home again in time. Mm, uh, very nice. But like everything is different. Like everything's gone right for Walter here. He checks all the things that he set up. He goes down to the garage to uh, like place himself still at home. Hi again, sir. Yeah. Um, I've been upstairs. This whole time, LOL. Um, but yeah, like it's it's really nice having Pink Floyd sing about him returning home. Yeah after this it just like feels right um mm. and then he's he goes off to uh get some food at the drugstore like he does um but he says this amazing thing here i i really love this um yeah he he says he suddenly gets the feeling that everything would go horribly wrong like even though everything had gone perfectly he f- gets the feeling at this point that everything is going to go catastrophically wrong. And for the rest of like the week, he feels this way, but he says, I couldn't hear my own footsteps, which is just such a, such an interesting way of framing that. It's, it's, it's such an evocative sentence. Mm. Uh, Oh, I like it a lot. Yeah, no, it's such good writing. And we can't hear his footsteps because we're listening to Pink Floyd. But, like, as soon as he kind of says, why did I feel like a dead man walking? The sad, like, piano of Great Gig mm. in the Sky starts as well. Yes. Like, the the romp that has been time and on the run is over. And now it's like. Yeah. Yeah. That is unraveling. The Rainbow Road is lighting up. Yeah. I'm ready. Um, yeah. We we get the, we also get the, like, I'm not frightened of dying monologue here. As mm. Keys is, like, looking into the case and basically giving us his perspective of events. Um, basically, he sees it as the guy, or this is what the coroner's report has come back, basically, uh, that the, this guy fell off the back of the train and broke his neck, which I don't think if you strangled someone, it would be convincingly enough that you could break their neck and make it look yeah. like a train accident. Like, Yeah, I was thinking that as well. But... Uh, it, it doesn't really work, but it's good enough for keys. So it's good enough for me. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so that's kind of a hole, but it's not like the hole that you're supposed to be paying attention to. Um, Mm. but anyway, uh, so he's talking about it and they've been called into, um, the big boss, his uh, keys boss. Uh, yeah, his office. Edward Norton. Yeah, right. <laughs> is the character's name? Yeah, not the actor, because that would be yeah. he'd be like a speck in his father's eye when this is being made. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Edward Norton here, probably the worst actor in the film, I would say. Yeah, uh, didn't really like him or buy him, but he's supposed to be like nah. a sort of caricature of someone. Um, but they should have got Orson Welles to do it. Right? Oh, Orson would be great <laughs> in this role, honestly. Uh, he would never do it. <laughs> no. But anyway, um, yeah. So he uh, is called in here and basically the boss is like, I don't want to pay this $100,000. Uh, something must be up. It's all too suspicious. And Keys is like, whatever, man. Like, it, it, it's all it all adds up in my book. But mm. you go ahead. You you do what you're going to do. You've clearly got a big show for us or whatever. Anyway, uh, Phyllis has been called into the office. Mm. And this Norton guy just sort of harasses her about the coroner's inquest. And um, basically implies that her husband's death was suicide. And that he throw her, threw himself off the back of the train on purpose. 
to kill himself. Uh, and therefore the accident policy doesn't apply. And uh, so uh, she plays it up like perfectly as this mm. grieving widow um, who is infuriated by this horrible thing that Norton is saying and storms out of the office. Um, and Keys is like, well done. You bloody blew it, mate. <laughs> you, yeah. you stuffed it up. He ruled out suicide as an option ages ago. And like he, his statement here is like, the statistics, they don't add up, mate. Like it's, <laughs> it's obvious. Who throws themselves, who tries to kill themselves by jumping off the back of a moving train? One that's going at 15 miles an hour. Who would conceivably think that they would kill themselves by jumping off that train? Like, yeah. that's stupid, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and Norton's like rebuffed and feels really bad about himself and he's screwed it all up. But um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Walks off to star in the first Hulk. Yeah, absolutely. Walks straight out of the film. Um, yeah, goes, joins the fight club. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats to you. I'm sure it'll go well. Um, mm. uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Keyes is like effectively defending um, uh, Walter and Phyllis in this case. He's like, if, yeah. like Walter's like, I could have kissed you. You are practically on our side. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is very funny. Um, and then... Uh, there's a bit of a weird scene here where Phyllis uh, makes a call to Walter and wants to come over to see him. Walter's like, yeah, that's probably fine. And then while yeah. she's on, uh, while she's on the way over, uh, Keys is just drops by for a surprise visit to Walter's house. He comes in and he's like, oh, I knew your address from the phone book. And then <laughs> he says, um, yeah, he's like, something's, Something's up with the Dietrichson case. My little man is kicking in. Um, something's going on. He's saying uh, Dietrichson broke his leg before the accident and didn't claim on his accident insurance. Mm. Why? Like, that doesn't make any sense, right? Like, he had an accident at his job, didn't claim on the insurance. Like, that's a great point. Keys like, has sort of cracked it here. Yeah. And it's it's just such it's so perfectly woven in that you wouldn't think about that until right now. It's so smart. Yes, right? Yeah. Um it is yeah. it's exactly like pointing out a plot hole. Like I I wonder if they wrote the film like perfectly up to this point and then handed it to a bunch of people to be like find us a floor and then mm -hmm. like the real life keys was like, "Oh, yeah, there you go." It was yeah, it's so there well it cuz like I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, it's really clever. Um, mm. And yeah, so he suspects that something's up, that Phyllis is lying, but he can't figure out why. And yeah. he and he's like fairly sure that someone else is involved. Like um, he he's like someone, something must be up with this. It's ludicrously unlikely that someone would die in the way that someone in the way that um mr dietrichson did it just doesn't add up mm. to him and uh phyllis appears outside the door and like listens in on this conversation and then when keys goes to leave like to mull this over a bit more um she's hiding behind the door on the opposite side and just tugs on the little door handle to get walter's attention and let him know yeah. that she's there which is another really good visual um 
It's too close, man. Uh, yeah. High drama in this scene. And um, yeah, uh, basically they go in and Phyllis is like, whew, that was close. All right, now <laughs> let's get to the kissing. And then <laughs> um, we'll just like, no, we can't do, we can not be seen together at all from now on. Um, only in the direst of circumstances must we contact each other because uh, you're going to be followed all the time because Keys is onto your scent now. He won't let yeah. go. Um, and this is not what Phyllis wants to hear because <laughs> uh, <laughs> she wants to be close with Walter, but this is driving them further and further apart. Um, and Walter is like stuck on this as well. Like he doesn't really care, I don't think that she's getting pushed away at this point. He's like too wrapped up in the case, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Mm. This only gets more complicated now as Lola shows up at the office and reveals some fairly startling information and that she (laughs) uh, presumes that Phyllis is the murderer of her father because (laughs) uh, she previously encountered... Uh, when um, Phyllis was her mother's nurse, uh, she went in to visit her one day and she was very sick in bed with pneumonia and went in and the, all the windows were open and there were no <laughs> blankets on her mum. And then she like rushed over to like sort that out. And then the nurse appears in the doorway and gives her this look <laughs> that will ne- she'll never forget. And it basically, yeah, Phyllis killed her mum. By giving mm-hmm. her pneumonia and slowly killing her, which is fucked up. Um, oh yeah, and yeah, this is this is a hundred percent true at what happened. But of course, Lola has no way of proving anything here. Um, it's it's really yeah, it's fucked. But uh, <laughs> so Walter's like, oh shit, <laughs> this is really bad because Lola wants to like testify um mm. and let all this information out so they'll be rumbled and so in order to calm her down he's like all right let me take you to dinner <laughs> and he takes That's her to the dinner weirdest the beach. plan yeah it's so he hangs weird. out with her for like four days <laughs> to make yeah. her forget about her father's murder <laughs> yeah it's like you know how remember how i didn't want to get close to you well let's get really close <laughs> Yeah, uh, let me implicate with, myself in your whole family now. Yeah, oh, it's really bad. But yeah, he's again, he's too close to see that this is a bad idea. Like, oh yeah, it's all sure. spiraling out of control. Um, yeah, so she takes her, he takes her out, and he, they sort of develop like a confidant kind of relationship. I don't think there's mm. a, like a romantic interest here, but anyway, um, Zakiri has uh, broken up with uh lola because they had a fight and we'll find out more about that later and um yeah uh walter like muses into the dictaphone that he's like he couldn't talk to phyllis about any of this uh because it would be too suspicious you know he didn't didn't want to her to know that he'd been talking to lola and it's just like this is, is driving a wedge between them you know like yeah it's 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 very good. So we go back to the office, and Keys has basically figured out the whole scheme at this point. Um, he knows that um, there was a second man who, uh, well, there was another accomplice to Phyllis, mm. and they played the part of um, 
uh, Miss, oh, gosh, of Mr. Dedrickson on the train. Mm. He's like, he basically yeah. has it all figured out. I don't know how, but. Um, no, he's just that good. Yeah, it's, his little man has told him. And anyway, he gets Mr. Jackson here to come back, who's still as sprightly and happy as ever. Um, oh, my God. And yeah, he like describes um, Mr. Dedrickson to him. And it doesn't fit the description of the man that Mr. Jackson interacted with at all. They're nah. like completely different ages and they look totally different, different heights, etc. And Mr. Jackson knows this because he's a Midford man from Midford, yeah. Oregon. And Midford, Oregon people take their time. He's Damn been right. staring at that photo for hours. <laughs> what a guy. Dude took this job to as a side hustle for his main job of being a travel agent for Midford, <laughs> Oregon. He's a genius. I love I love Mr. Yeah. Jackson and everything that he's about. Um, he leaves the scene saying <laughs> he's only that about he's, Medford, Oregon. No, he leaves the scene that he's gonna go and see a masseuse. <laughs> oh, that's while right. He's yeah. in town. It's like all right, <laughs> and he's getting an extra night thanks to the insurance agency in town. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. Um, uh, Pink Floyd have never played Medford, Oregon. Oh, why is that? If, I don't know. They're not trustworthy enough. They make decisions too quickly. Oh, well. I guess so. Yeah. Well. The Pink Floyd Experience Tribute Act have, though. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad. Um, yeah. Yeah, you look yes. at the photo and you realize that's not the real Pink Floyd. No, no. <laughs> the, the the heights are different. They look... <laughs> these guys are way younger. <laughs> yeah, they're much younger. <laughs> um... Yeah, so there's a bit of fun interaction here where Walter is desperately trying to not look Jackson in the eye because he's worried that he'll get recognized. Mm. And it, and then uh, Jackson's like, ah, oh, I must know you from somewhere. You're very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just being friendly, basically. Um, and then, uh, mm. yeah. So he goes and Keys is like, well, that, there you go. There's, it's all, it, my story is coming true here. Uh, two people are involved and they think that it's going to be, uh, when two people are involved in a murder, they think it's going to be twice as safe, but it's really 10 times as dangerous because one of them's going to crack and see the yeah. other one eventually. And he's going to, when that happens, he'll figure it out. Um, and so he's worried that it's a matter of time. Um, and then, so immediately after this, Walter like doesn't even think, and like is, he calls Phyllis to the supermarket to talk because the plan has changed, obviously, and they need it. Uh, he wants to pull out, basically. But this is a mirror mm. of the previous uh, supermarket scene, but everything is different here because any one of these people could be one of the people that's shadowing Phyllis, you know. Yeah. So it's it's the same scene basically, but everything is at a heightened degree which is it's it's really cool mm. um i think it takes place like pretty much on the opposite side of the of the crime as well like it's it's like oh yeah so if if the scene if the crime is yeah. the mirror in the middle of the prism if you will this is the rainbow roads version of that scene so oh yeah. um yeah oh. uh so yeah, basically, um, he's saying he wants to pull out and they're getting very short with each other, like yelling at each other and, um, trying to keep it cool here in mm. the supermarket at the same time. And, uh, 
yeah, he's saying Lola is going to like spill the beans and screw everything up, especially about you killing his previous wife. Uh, when that gets out, I'm <laughs> screwed. And, um, and she's saying that, that none of that's going to come up. It's all going to go fine. Um, and yeah, uh, he, she thinks that he's just worried about getting too close to the case, you know, that uh, Lola has gotten to him and is making him second guess everything by, because he's too close, you know, uh, and mm. she's trying to convince him to write it out because they're nearly there now. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, she says nobody's pulling out, and we're both we both went in together, and we're both leaving together. Um, yeah, yeah, straight down the line, Gareth. Uh, uh, so yeah, we cut back to Walter in the office, and he's like, "Well, at this point, Keys, I was thinking about what if Phyllis was no longer in this story? What if I went and killed her? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be interesting?" <laughs> And then, uh, <laughs> and then we cut from that to him just catching up with Lola more and more. Like they're hanging out for some reason. Yeah. Um, I think this is just a, weirdos. It's just like a sort of Midsummer Night's Dream thing where we've set the couples against each other, um, or like shuffled them around in a weird ah. way. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, because we yeah. they go to the Hollywood Bowl though. Yeah. Well, sorry. They go to the Hollywood Bowl, but unfortunately, they're 28 years too early to see Pink Floyd perform at the Hollywood Bowl. Damn it. Always arrive early. Yeah. Bloody classic Walter. <laughs> they got the best seats. <laughs> but yeah. They sure do. <laughs> they didn't get to oh see it. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. love that. Right up there on the hill. The perfect view. I'm sure there would yeah. be, like, houses built in the, like, 28-year interim where they're standing, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Uh they just build them around Lola. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, she's waiting for the yes. Floyd. Yes. Uh, while she's waiting for the Floyd, she explains that um, Zucchetti has been going over to Phyllis's house and they've been chatting. Mm. And she thinks that he is involved in killing her father as well. And so she's worried about that. Yeah. And then Walter's like, no, 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 don't worry about it, love. <laughs> don't. Don't even think about it. It's all fine. Um, and But he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, he can't figure mm. out why Zucchini would be going over to the house at all. That's like a hole in his plan that is, like, unraveling him. And he's trying to, he's trying to figure that out. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> um, this happens over the end of playthrough number two as well. So, we're ramping up for the final yeah. play and the final confrontation. Um uh we go well they're leaving the office one day and the final day now i think and keys mm. let slip that he's uh pretty sure that it's he's found his man um the second the person uh that's involved in the crime with phyllis and that he's going to take them down tomorrow um and so walter's like oh shit okay i've got to go figure out what's going on and so he sneaks into keys's office and plays back his dictaphone of his notes. And we find out that um, Keyes suspects Zucchetti, much like Lola does. He yeah. doesn't have an alibi for uh, where he was on the night of the murder uh, by, by pure chance. Um, yeah. And uh, has been being tailed and seen going over to Phyllis's house regularly 
And so he's implicated in the murder. Mm. So they think it's him. And also Keyes says that he personally vouches uh, while Walter was being investigated um, by people and people had suggested that Keyes personally vouches for him and exonerates him from the murder. But he's like, we've worked for him for 10 years. Can't be him. He's got an alibi. Like there's no way. Um, So, uh, Walter is basically scot free from this whole thing. He's going to get away with it. Um, yeah. Uh, but instead, uh, we get raced towards an early grave from the boys and the Floyd. And he goes mm. to his office and calls Phyllis from his office phone, something he said he would never do, and arranges to meet with her. And he's like, ah, oh, don't worry about keys. It's all going to be fine. Don't worry about it. I'm going to come over. And she like protests a lot, but then uh, arranges to go over. Uh, and he's going to go and kill her <laughs> and and yep. Zaketi. That's the plan for him um, to close the loop and get away. Uh, and uh, she has plans of her own. We see her turning off all the lights in the house and then stashing a little gun into um, the city couch that she sits on with the anklet, just like when they first met, except now with a gun. <laughs> um oh yeah you know how that happens and then uh yeah so he <laughs> comes over basically to like gloat to her about how he's gonna kill her and then zakiri and then get away like as if they had a like crime of passion no he's gonna kill her and frame zakiri that's it um yeah and uh because he's gonna come over in 15 minutes and then the police are gonna come after him and arrest him uh and Walter's going to get away. And she explains what was going on with Zucchetti and that she was sort of getting him on side, ta- like convincing him that Lola was seeing another man, which she kind of was and that she was going to see Walter. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, convincing him, her that um, she's seeing another man and uh, she doesn't love him and basically riling him up so that he'll kill Walter um, for her. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then he'll take the fall for the murder because he's a murderous guy. She could frame him and get away Mm. um, herself. Uh, And because that's just her type. She like plays these people uh, against each other and like controls their emotions. You know, that's her deal. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. is like when you see she's just ice cold. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's cool. The, they're both ice cold in this sequence. They're both here to like laugh yeah. at the other one. Oh, for sure. And say how things are going to go. They're both ready to kill each other and explain like, like it's the both Bond villain speeches happening at the same time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's a Bond off. Yeah. The way Walter describes his yeah. plan as well is very elegantly written. He says, um... The way Keyes describes uh, how murders work is that two people ride the train together to the end of the line and that line ends at the cemetery. But he's got another guy to take the ride for him, which is just, oh, it's so clean. Like, Mm. it's the perfect way to write that. Oh, I love it. Um, But yeah. uh, So, yeah, they explain their plans to each other and then just go like, well, we're both cold and calculating and awful and they just she says we're both rotten um she describes walter as as rotten on the first 
uh, their first meeting and now they realize that they both are, which is, it's quite interesting. Um, and oh, yeah, yeah Phil, uh, Walter goes over to like shut the blinds or whatever. There's damn blinds. Cause there's radio, <laughs> there's like jazz music playing down the street as like, as a, as a soundtrack to the scene. It's weird that they have to explain the music, yeah. but anyway, um, he turns around and Phyllis shoots him in the shoulder. Um, so this is where he gets his wound from and he walks over mm. to her and he's like, oh, you can do better than that. Like if you're going to kill me, you do it right. And she says that she didn't love him until right in this moment. Like when he like stood and took this bullet and, uh, yeah, she's like, I didn't think it could happen to me, but I have fallen in love with you, <laughs> which is so dark and so twisted like yeah. and presumably genuine or maybe it's just her like maneuvering but she has a gun in her hand so i don't know um but anyway he takes this opportunity yeah. to like come over to her in, in an embrace and then wrestles the gun out of her hand and shoots her in the back of the head uh so she goes down here and then he like lays her out on the couch uh and yeah he is like taking he's He's slowly dying from his shoulder wound. He's bleeding out from this. It will kill mm. him. Um, but he waits in the bushes outside for Zakiti to arrive. And he does the noble thing. He's like, go to Lola. Don't go in there. She does love you. Go and see Lola and uh, go and be happy together. It's like, it's very interesting because he could still get away with this. Like in this moment oh yeah but he realizes that it's all gone too wrong and he doesn't want to like get lola or zakiti involved into this because he's like has a relationship with lola now they've, they've hung out together several times and <laughs> and he doesn't want her to to be involved anymore in all this awful stuff and so yeah he stops yeah Zucchitti. to lose everyone she cares about yeah so he's, he yeah. does the noble thing and yeah, stops Zakiti from going in and Zakiti's like, what the fuck? Okay, see you later. Um, yeah. <laughs> weird man in the bushes <laughs> that I met once before. I mean, Zakiti's still a trash guy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But like, he's better than a murderer. So, you know. That's true, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, we're like wrapping up the film now, basically. Uh, Walter, we see him like lurching to his office and starts recording the confession message to keys. And we see, we like see him like explaining this, this last part of the story and the camera zooms out to show keys in the room with Walter, um, which is very yeah. clean. Um, hasn't even spotted him because he's like so woozy from the blood loss that, um, keys has yeah. been in here long enough to have gotten the gist of this story basically he's keys is a smart guy he's figured out exactly what's happened here um and uh walter's like uh he's going to call the hospital uh to tend to walter's wound but walter's like no 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 i'm gonna run away i'm gonna cross the border to mexico presumably um and uh get away and you'd do that for me keys you're a friend of mine right and keys is like you are not going mm. anywhere man you are like so <laughs> yeah. dead already um and yeah uh he, he doesn't try and stop walter who gets up and like tries to hobble his way 
out, but he he doesn't even make it to the elevator. He just like gets to the entrance to the office and then like crumbles down very dramatically, very sadly. And he's just leaning there dying Mm. and keys comes over and like very like pities him and in a like fantastic reversal um lights walter's cigarette for him which is just oh yeah Mm. oh that's good movie it's silk it's glass it's ice it is a yeah big old bite of a good movie pie so this final scene Mm. um is covered over by uh time going into great gig so as walter is dying here on the ground yeah we have great gig playing us out and that's that's the film it's just mm, what did you think how did it sink Mm. i mean oh oh. it's tough to say like i didn't think i wasn't too sure about these sinks but now that you've built me a full prism of glass Mm -hmm. and the rainbow metaphor and like so those scenes mirroring each other did play with the same songs yeah. often. So, like, that's cool. And, yeah, the sad great gig, the 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 home home again, the finest home home again. Like, finer yeah. than the one in the room. And Absolutely. I don't know what to say. I, I, numbers are failing me. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I could give it a, I don't know, a six? Yeah, I reckon. Definitely, definitely, yeah. we're definitely above five. I think. Um, yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're nowhere oh, near yeah. perfect. There's not that many things that synced in this movie. No. It was just a damn good movie. But um, yeah, yeah, that might yeah. be it. Like, it's but got us there, again. there were syncs there. Like, it's not. We're not sub five. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling six on this. I reckon that's right. Yeah, we're on the rainbow road side of the of the decimals. of the prism graph. Yeah. yeah. That spans the top yeah. of the graph. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. If you've been making this graph as a typical line graph. No, no. It's a prism, it's a prism graph. graph. You know. Please. Yeah. Figure that as out. As if we wouldn't use one for our Pink Floyd show. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So, there we go. That's double. Yeah. It's a nice triangle shaped. Yes. Yeah. Double indemnity. There it is. In the books. Yeah. What to do now, Gareth? Wow. What is the next film on the docket? Well, the next film on the docket, I mean, I just love the idea of there being, you know, two worlds separated by separated by colour, maybe, separated mm. by some sort of choice between two colours. Okay. And then, like, I also, you know, I want to adapt. I want to watch the film adaption of one of my favourite Pink Floyd lyrics, like, my favorite Pink Floyd song is Great Gig in the Sky, and my favorite lyric is Whoa. <laughs> so, of course, we're going to have to watch The Matrix. Yes. Oh, I'm very excited for this. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Did that at all sound like that was building up to The Matrix? It did. I, I clocked it immediately. When the choices between colors came up, oh, yeah. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm very excited for that. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Lock it in, oh, listeners. Wow. Yeah. Add us on the socials. Wow. We'd better get to Yes please. Um at Sync Floyd Pod on oh. most of the things. Syncfloydpod at gmail.com. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um goodness. I've been Gareth Blackler. I've been the little man that lives in your chest, James Barron. And you've been Josh. <laughs> 
and we'll see you on the dark side of the moon, Josh. On the dark side of the moon, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, Josh.